0: Welcome everybody to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today we're taking a little bit of a departure from our typical interviews with entrepreneurs. That doesn't mean I'm not talking to an entrepreneur today, but we're also going to be talking about a program that he's involved with that is uh, really creating some energy And I use that word dual purpose uh, for this particular interview, but some energy here around the Edmonton region and Alberta in general. And so I'm really excited to have Steve Martins here today. He is the founder of Grid 749 Innovations and as well involved in a whole pile of other things, which we'll get to in a minute. But first, I want to welcome you to the show. Welcome, Steve.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate this. This is wonderful.
0: Yeah, now we've known each other for a few years. And in that time, I mean, you've always struck me as somebody who is right at the cusp of innovation. You work with a lot of different startups and been involved with a lot of different businesses as an entrepreneur for, well, 30 years or so. Um, and so we've always had some really interesting conversations. But you now are also working with Mount Royal University down in Calgary, on their, let me make sure I get this right, the hydrogen accelerator and growth uh, catalyst program that they have mm-hmm. going there, which is really exciting. So I can't wait to dig into that.
1: Yes. And thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. Um, very excited about what they're doing there. Uh, Mount Royal has been on the cusp of learning about how to scale companies, you know, in a different way for years. Uh, Dr. Simon Rabbi has been uh, collating some really fantastic research and and you know rolling it out into their growth catalyst and and now the hydrogen innovation accelerator, uh, and I'm privileged enough to be able to you know be a training wheel along that road. So it's I'm, along that bike. So I'm really excited about that.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Training wheel, but I think uh, so. This is the thing: is with the experience that you have. I, I mean, you're gonna be coaching these people, you're instructing, helping with the education part of it. You're also recruiting people into a cohort of uh, you know, businesses or, or companies who want to accelerate their growth in the area of hydrogen, which is super, super exciting because of all the things that are developing around that, that, our region here in Edmonton. Um, before we get into that though, why don't you give a little bit of a snapshot to our audience in as to your background and and how you found yourself here and and maybe some of the entrepreneurial uh, adventures that you've been on to this point
1: well thanks for that opportunity um yeah i'm a farm boy that loved building stuff you know uh my father and i would build we were the only people in the world that had a not the world only people around that had a 12 speed forward go kart. um and i you know cut my teeth with uh businesses on the farm and then i I, I love designing equipment, so I designed farm equipment, and that led me into oh, industrial stuff, military, medical. So I spent twenty years just designing machines that did things, and loved it. It was just a lot of fun. Uh, I found in um, twenty, and so I did that up to twenty fourteen. So that's about twenty years of engineering and design. Uh, and then uh, when the oil patch leveled off and the world changed around Evanston here, I I looked around and I said. You know, engineering has changed. A lot of times it's been offloaded to another country or, or whatever, you know, the, or it's matured to a different spot. So I jumped into a, uh, business model now that they call a studio model where they, you know, you, uh, an organization will launch different technology companies. And I did that for a little while and it didn't go the way I wanted it to. So I, I put my hand up and I, and I said, yeah, I'm going to do something different and change gears again. And now I am, uh you know, consulting with companies, I've been, you know, on the executive team for a software company for a while. And uh, now I've got the opportunity to take all this engineering, innovation and business launch and all this kind of stuff I've had and help to uh, coach and mentor companies going through this hydrogen innovation accelerator. And I, you know, if I play my cards right and I do a good job, I'll be helping them with the growth catalyst program as well. So.
0: Yeah, well, and this is the exciting part is that you're now going to be able to help what it sounds like is going to be, what, uh, 10 companies, five different cohorts, so 50 companies uh, really accelerate their growth in this really cutting edge, exciting area that we're finding ourselves in, in hydrogen, right? So that in itself is going to be just so incredibly rewarding to be able to help, you know, and these companies, but at the same time, be able to, you know, basically put your, your, your signature on, on some of their successes as well. So that's really cool.
1: Well, and what I'm excited about is what I'm ho- what I, and I believe it's there is that pent up demand, you know, a lot of companies, you know, as big as say, or small as $2 million a year up to 50, 60, $100 million a year I think they've been watching from the sidelines and seeing hydrogen or hearing hydrogen being spoken about, and they maybe want to participate, but they don't know exactly how to get in. It's 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 much like you know it's you know they're they're standing at the window of the dance and not sure where the door is, mm-hmm. and now we you know and whereas all this stuff is going on you know air products and uh, all this investment into hydrogen uh, generation is going on and even. Companies like SBI Bioenergy and Aurora Hydrogen have really fantastic tech to, to convert one fuel source into hydrogen. Now, what else? So the supply chain and, and, you know, a shout out to DTI, you know, they've got some fantastic things going on in the, in the hydrogen injection space. So there's all these things going on and all this buzz. But how do companies that have been making you know widgets or software for another industry or whatever how do they you know kind of get into what is projected to be a globally 10 plus trillion dollar a year enterprise you know yeah like like that's yeah so
0: yeah the the opportunities seem to be just absolutely massive right like this isn't something that is like well you know sometime in the future maybe this will turn into something it's like we're seeing it already happening we're seeing the multi-billion dollar investments like you mentioned um, air products they've they they've had you know a string of announcements here recently and the government's also been pumping lots of money into it too and so it really does look like we're right at the cusp of some really Um, amazing things to happen. And that means we're going to need a lot of innovation in this space and it opens up those doors. And I like where your uh, program is really focused on where it's not necessarily just the, you know, at the startup level, you guys are looking to these companies that are, yeah, between the five and $200 million a year company. So these are established companies that maybe are going to pivot into now uh, doing something within this very really exciting industry or sector of the industry, anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's framed really well because, uh, like one one of my you know one of my business friends in the marketplace, they're a manufacturer that's been in the oil and gas industry for over sixty years, and I use them as an example. And on their website, they say they they're in hydrogen, but they're not yet, right? They're they, they they're hydrogen wannabes, and I mean that in a, in a positive sense. And, and I'm I happen I'm privileged enough to know a couple of the executive there and they really want to be in hydrogen. And they, but they okay. well, how do we get started? Because they got this performance engine, you know, the, the, the engine that's actually making the money, you know, and oil and gas has come back, you know, internationally, so they've got to keep that thing fed and running and hiring and whatever else. But yeah. they also know that, you know, like we just said, uh, the growth in hydrogen is coming, is there, it's happening. How do they participate and how do they leverage what they're good at um, and build products or services that, that, can, that can capitalize on this opportunity? Yep. So yep. that's where they see an opportunity to go. And it's, you know, the hydrogen innovation accelerator, it's a mouthful, but essentially it's four modules and it starts with the first module of, 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 of level setting of what is innovation? What does an innovator look like? How does this team that we brought here, how do we ideate? um, It's a hard word to say. How do we um, think this through and come up with the beginning point of of innovation that could eventually lead somewhere? And, And then even then, you know, it's easy to write down an idea on a piece of paper. But what steps do you take to get to that to the end spot where somebody will pay you money for it?
0: Yeah. And yeah. And, and I sorry to interrupt, but I was just thinking, like, there's going to be a lot of people that are listening to this who probably don't really recognize, um, you know, what the opportunity maybe is with hydrogen. They have been following it uh, because it up until recently, it's been pretty quiet. Right. There hasn't been a lot of a lot of talk about it. And, you know, historically, when people. Um, talk about hydrogen, it's really, you know, kind of maybe the transport industry is going to be able to benefit from this at some point in the future, but infrastructure is going to be an issue and so on. And, and then the vehicles, are they going to be safer, you know, to be running off of hydrogen and, and whatnot? And so there's a little bit of talk around that, the alternative uh, fuels for vehicles. Uh, but this is bigger than that. Um, could you, uh, you know, I guess maybe just lay it out for everybody so that they understand what opportunity is right in front of us here in Edmonton and the Edmonton region? And why is it here that uh, we're seeing a little bit of a hotbed of uh, activity and leadership in this space?
1: Well, yeah, that's to, to kind of frame that in a few minutes is, is, is a daunting task. But <laughs> um, imagine. You know, right now we rely—we don't really even realize how much we rely on gasoline and diesel um, and batteries um, to power our world. Okay, everywhere we go, whether it's farm equipment or you know a forklift in the back of a grocery store, or yeah. um, uh, you know the, the road signs that, that sit there and, and flash a you know a warning sign to you or whatever. Like the use of energy in a society is so prevalent. Um, you know, granted, you know, we're very blessed here in uh, very fortunate here in Alberta because we've had cheap energy for a long time and we've never really had to worry about what that looked like. Well, you know, global forces and whether you believe in climate change or not isn't part of the question. The, the trend is we are seeing a change in how energy is used and how it's monetized, how it's, um, produced and how it's stored the The opportunity is huge. now we're in a spot where some of the regulatory pieces have to are going to have to catch up. You know, you know I, I can hear my material science uh, engineer types say, "Oh well, hydrogen is dangerous because of these things, right? Well, yeah, so was gasoline and so was electricity, and so was everything else until the technology caught up, right. And I'm seeing technologies for transporting hydrogen that we've never seen before. You know, um, Dr. David Lazelle, uh, you know, a well-known professor in hydrogen circles. I had a, a again, I use the word privilege. I uh, had an opportunity to chat with him at the Hydrogen Summit in February, and and he was amazed at some of the even the transportation technologies that are coming out. Um, the so. But think of moving energy, storing energy, uh, metering energy. Um, you know, I think software companies, even companies that are used to testing materials for the oil field, well, now you're going to have uh, material testing issues for you know, say hydrogen containment, or certification for tanks that have been been in service for a number of years, or maybe even recycling those tanks. Like I, the, you know, it's funny, you know, we all lived through the cannabis, um, you know, when it's been illegal for decades, of course, right? Um, and then it became legal and now we're seeing the settling out of all that industry. Well, that was just a, a product that already existed that now is legal to sell in stores. Yeah. And and granted, yeah, it was, it was a seismic shift because it was a bit of, it was a cultural shift and whatever, well, uh, I'm no futurist, but I see. Think about, imagine that every diesel engine now is going to have to justify if it exists five, ten years from now. What does that look like? What does that mean? And I'm not saying that any government is going to try to rule that out or make them illegal or anything like that. It's it's very much the carrot. The stick is the carbon tax. The carrot is the government incentives to help move towards a carbon free or, or uh, a greenhouse gas-free um, economy and um, the scale of it is, is stunning when you really sit down and think about it.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. And and talk about that scale because we're hearing like some really big numbers in terms yeah. of the investments that are happening right now, but then also the potential size of the market. And, and I guess while you talk about that, um, if you wouldn't mind speaking to uh, Canada's position within that and more specifically our position within that uh, potential marketplace as well because uh, already what I'm hearing and I, I could be completely wrong on this but it sounds like we're already kind of at the forefront, the leadership of some of the research and some of the technology that's being developed and innovation around hydrogen. Um, yeah, so I, I'd, I'd love you to give a little bit more context to myself and the rest of our of our listeners here.
1: Well, I'd like to poke a hole in one of the myths that we have in Alberta too, that we don't have a diversified economy outside of oil and gas.
0: Granted, yeah.
1: it's been the elephant in the room. We all know that, but I've been involved in, you know I've been in Edmonton since 1998 and I've been involved in industries all the way around oil and gas in that entire time. So we've had people researching and developing um, hydrogen technology uh, for years now, for decades. So that's, that's already been here. And the, I hope I don't lose track of your question, but also think about Alberta as an energy province rather than as an oil and gas province. Okay. Right. You know, we've heard that from a solar and wind, and we all know about the positives and benefits of, of solar and wind and, and, and that kind of world. And that, that's fine. It's, that's are niche products and, and they have their value. But, you know, we need base load energy that we can rely upon all of the time. And that's where, you know, uh, hydrogen stored in a canister or, or, or wherever it is can provide that type of chemical energy. And the, the skill sets and the people that are involved in oil and gas are transferable over into another energy source. Hmm. And I think that's the biggest piece. We've got per capita, you know, yeah. Alberta's a leader in Canada. Canada's not leading the world yet. You know, we are behind Europe, but we're not so far behind. We can't make some do some damage. Um, I don't have the statistics or the numbers or whatever. Well, actually, one of the nice things about being behind Europe is they've gone down a couple paths that they're now actually course correcting from.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And we can learn from that and that's good. We, yeah. we, we have that second mover piece. Yeah. But Alberta is an energy province and we've got an opportunity here. We produce more hydrogen in Alberta than any other province in Canada. And we've got more engineers per capita than any other province in Canada. Um, contrary to what maybe some people in other parts of North America would say, people actually do like moving here and working here. So we are we are poised to do some really interesting things.
0: Yeah, well, and I and I like the way that you reframe that in terms of uh, Alberta being an, an an energy province, right? Because you're you're bang on. Like the other technologies, especially when you talk about transportation uh, industry and how are you going to leverage that. You know, there's all this talk about electric vehicles, uh, but the reality of it is, is in the cold weather climates that that we're in, it's really difficult um, because the battery technology is. I mean, it's rapidly developing, but it's still uh, the cold environments are not really friendly to that yet. And so we need uh, a different kind of of source of energy, I think, especially when you talk about large transportation and mass transportation and so on. And so I I really see us not migrating in cold climates to, to electrical like a lot of other places in the world can. And so what are they gonna look for in terms of clean tech then that's gonna be able to help, like you said, satisfy that desire to be in a some, somewhat of a carbon neutral or greenhouse gas neutral uh, world. And, and it still means we need other fuel sources, I think, especially in the, in the near future.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and there's gonna be, you know, I, I think there's never one tool to build anything what you know like you know a mechanic or a carpenter has a toolbox yeah Yeah. and i think we need to look at it from that point of view when it comes to how we use energy in our in our modern society we will we're wind and solar are going to be here forever like we have figured out how to make that stuff a lot more effective and we know when it doesn't work as well you know hydroelectric dams you know they're they have they're going to be around for a long time now when we build new ones we're going to we have to think about embodied carbon a bit more and whatever else. Those are gonna be interesting conversations. But yeah, like as we shake out, you know, I think, you know, by 2030, we're gonna really start seeing where some energy pieces fit better than others. Yep. And, um, and you know, batteries are, are important, of course, but yeah, the, the, the hydrogen pieces is, is I, don't, I find it spectacular. I'm really excited about it. So
0: yeah yeah and so um, now that we've kind of framed things up in terms of the opportunity and the fact that we have a workforce and a and, and you know the experts that can pivot into this because it's very adjacent to the rest of the ener- energy industry that we have yeah. developed so extensively um, so the that, that's all framed up now let's talk a little bit about then the you know accelerator that you're working with and, and the goals of that accelerator and what you guys are trying to accomplish then, I guess, um, we already talked that there's 50 people going to be, or 50 businesses going to be going through that, um, between, you know, two or 5 million and, and 200 million in size likely. Um, and so you guys are busy forming that first cohort, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, um, We're looking for companies that already know that they've already had a mandate or already have a a decision, whether it's from the board level or from the the ownership level, that they want to figure out a path into hydrogen and that they can form what we call a strategic growth team. You know, it doesn't have to be limited to four, but, you know, we find four, maybe five people from the executive team that can take you know, a full day and then wait three weeks and take another full day, basically walk through the program and come in with an attitude of, uh, you know, what, what is possible and um, what, you know, how do we play a role in this? And it, the, the program itself has been, uh, you know, I'm not the one to talk about all the, the fine details, um, the, but Dr. Simon Rabbi has been doing, has pulled this together. Um, and even Ray DePaul, formerly of uh, Research in Motion, is the head of the institute in in at, at Mount Royal. The okay. brain trust, uh, you know, we the, the the program has been proven over the last number of years. Companies yep. have gone through it that are not hydrogen related, depending on what their thing is. And I've gone through it myself, so I'm aware. Um, and so we're 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 talking about a distillation of knowledge formed up into a workshop that is accessible and, you know, expedient for people to, to work with, right? Hmm.
0: And and so they're the existing companies. They're going to go through this. They're going to learn how to adapt their businesses potentially for hydrogen then um, to serve serve that industry in some form or another. Um, what else are they going to learn? Like how how do you stimulate I guess the innovations within these established companies, which, you know, sometimes can be difficult, right? The startup community, they're innovative right from the very beginning. These are established companies. So how do you tackle that challenge?
1: Yeah, great question. So, and when a company is operating, you know, you know this yourself, you're operating your company, there, there's this inertia, this momentum, you know, and yeah. every decision is made whether uh, around, you know, does it make sense as far as does it take away from selling this widget or delivering the service and whatever? And there's this inertia that is, is always got to be there and always protective. And that's great. Um, but what we're doing is we're bringing in a different layer. We're saying that inertia could go stale in time, in, in business, do, do, do go stale. But there's a layer of innovation that it's not just about writing down ideas on a whiteboard and hoping somebody will pay you money for those you know there's a there's a process where you you can take an idea and then you start thinking about well who's my customer in this yeah you know can i define my customer and i realized you know for those of us who've been in the startup world that's that's you know as they call it the table stakes You know, that's one of the things. first things that you're asked is, oh, who's your customer? Who's going to buy from this? And how much will they spend on it? Well, when you're already selling a product that's worth, you know, $1,000 or whatever it is, and you're coming with a brand new product that's not, doesn't relate at all. No, 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 sorry. You shouldn't say that. That is not exactly the same as what you're doing. It's, It's an adjacent product that's taken advantage of your skills, but it's still an adjacent product. You may not be selling to the same customers. And you may not know how to validate, you know, quickly and and, and sufficiently, whether your idea makes sense or not. Yeah. And, and it's a different paradigm, right? Like we go to work in the morning, we're there by quarter to eight in the morning, trying to make, do a good job and do our things, you know, check our spreadsheets and all this kind of stuff. Um, But then to say, okay, well, man, I got, I have to figure out how to find five people that I've never talked to before. And take this idea and ask the right questions, and and even that, even just what I what I said there, you know, that's not where a lot of people's heads are at. You know, I, I can remember working as a consultant, as an innovation advisor. I remember one company I was I was contracted with. I walked in and and um, they hired me as this innovation advisor to help them diversify their business. And I'm like, okay, great. So I walk in and uh, I sat down in the office of the the main person I was going to work with, the, the vice president. And he brought up a spreadsheet, he says, I think we can do this and here's how it works and here's why it would make money and whatever. And I asked him, I said, okay, well, have you talked to any customers yet? Yeah, that was a good idea. He said, (laughs) (laughs) and and he's a smart guy, MBA, still a very good, became a very good friend of mine. Uh, But he was, how do you go through this validation of an idea? Yeah, And, And where does, that idea fit in the, into the matrix. Going back to like the Ansoft, you know, nine squares of innovation. Where does it fit in there? You know, and and, and am I just making it iteratively better, or am I changing a paradigm? Um, what does this all mean, right? How do we put it together in in a, in a sense? You know, amongst the four of us, the four strategic partners in this team, to take this these concepts, rule out the bad ones, and and start moving forward through. A validation phase, and in time, make that part of our culture. You know, yeah. you, you, at the end of a ninety-day cohort that we we walk you through, and you know, you go through this, and you've got some coaching, and you've maybe you've fallen in love with an idea, and you've done some validation on it, and and maybe that idea isn't quite right yet. Well, what we're trying to do is also build those enduring capabilities, you know, that skill set, that mindset, so that at day ninety one, um, you could start over again if you needed to. Yeah, okay. and
0: yeah, yeah, you've got the now the the capacity within the organization to continue on with that innovative journey, right? So uh, there's also a lot of value in the cohort itself, right? Like I love the fact that you guys are limiting it to ten people per cohort because now you have a lot of ability within that cohort to have. Uh, you know, a lot of touch points with the people who are mentoring, coaching them, instructing them. But also you have a big enough group of people there where there's going to be some collision of ideas that are going to really be interesting, I think. So speak to the value of of 10 people going through it at the same time or 10 companies, which is yeah. potentially you're going to have multiple people from those companies, I guess. So there's more than that just in the room, probably.
1: Yeah. And that that is, um, how do I say this? There's some magic in there. It, it, it's, you know, every cohort's gonna be different. It's gonna have, it's gonna develop its own culture and its own best buddies, best friends through it. Um, but there is some real magic. And I think that people in Alberta, if I could use the word collaboration and in many ways we collaborate incredibly well, like we can collaborate very quickly. But in other ways, where we're hesitant to, and we don't know how to break those barriers down. Well, these when you put ten different companies from similar, but maybe even completely different industries, in the same room together, learning, getting on the same page, and learning a common language. Um, you know, maybe one's in software, maybe one has a service company, and maybe there's a couple that manufacture with different kinds of products. Then there's this natural coffee time conversation going. Oh, so you do these things, eh? Oh, yeah, okay. And, um, you know, we haven't seen it gel into, and that's not true. I don't know for sure. I don't know all the companies. We've seen those things start to bubble together. But what I'm, if I had my way, what I would love to do, and I'm actually talking to different municipalities about this right now, is why don't we find companies that are best friends or, or geographic located or, have some reason to be in a court together, and see what happens out of it. Um, and there's there, you know, and, and as I'm peeling back the layers of the onion of what we're what we're trying to do, and I'm working with an organization called engine They're like a um, one of the super clusters that was established several years ago. They have funding in place to help um, build company clusters. So that they can start leveraging these companies working together on an international scale. Hmm. So there's, you know, granted, I whenever I talk about innovation, I, I love using the, the soup analogy, right? If anybody's made soup, you know, we've got a great stock and we got a bunch, you know, got some chicken and some vegetables and some herbs on the, on the counter. The wrong combination makes the soup taste bad. Yeah. But But if we keep tasting it along the way, we can converge into a great tasting soup and yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's really what you know i think that's where the metaphor i love to use and i think that we're trying to trying to um, we're trying to build an innovation soup that's really spectacular so
0: yeah i like it yeah i like it a lot well and i really like the sounds of what you guys are trying to accomplish what you're trying to build here i love the opportunity that is right here on our doorstep and just all the innovation that's going to come out of this program, 50 businesses going through it, that's really, really exciting things, um, especially when you're talking about companies that have the ability to throw resources at this immediately, and then also obviously the government support that we're seeing happen here in hydrogen. So. Uh, both at the municipal level, but also at the provincial level, and I think the feds are starting to drop a little bit in there too, right? So it's it's really interesting to see the collision of everything happening right now yeah. right here.
1: And, and there's a couple points I want to. I don't know how we are for time, but a couple points I want to make there. Um, big shout out, positive shout out to um, Prairies Can. The mm-hmm. the funding for the Hydrogen Innovation Accelerator has gone from Prairies Can. Uh, to Edmonton Global, and and then obviously through Edmonton Global to, to um, MRU. That's just the way these things work. Um, so the the program is is um, it's typically around thirty to thirty five thousand dollars per company, is is the kind of the you know our hard costs of making it happen. And we are we we're trying to, but we do need a little bit of support from the companies to make it work. Just just a little bit of skin in the game because. You know there's a lot of value being delivered, yeah. Uh, that you know, we're the I don't want to say a number on on the podcast here because it might change in, in the future, but there's a small uh, amount to, to cover some base costs, you know, room space and lunches and things. And yeah. uh, but yeah, the feds and the province right now, everybody's actually working together,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: and the city for them, and the city of Edmond is very supportive too, uh, yeah. so we've kind of got everybody liking each other and talking nice. And I, I, I don't want to rock the boy. I want that to keep going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah well, exactly. Like that's monumental in today's political environment, right? So it's uh, so definitely a bright spot there. So if somebody was listening to this and wanted to learn more about the program, wanted to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: You know, go to uh, growthcompass.org or growthcatalyst. Uh, We are going to have a website specifically for the Hydrogen Innovation Accelerator coming out. Uh, I should have come prepared with that email or that website address. Um, But I will have that for you in the next couple of days here.
0: Yeah, we can throw it in the show notes, and so if uh, people wanted to check out the show notes, you'll be able to find it there. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Steve, to come on and and tell us a little bit about what's happening here. Like I said, anytime that we have exciting innovation happening, we have collaboration at all levels. We have the opportunity for businesses to you know jump in and really you know enhance their innovative thinking within their businesses um, and potentially take advantage of this real opportunity in hydrogen. But I mean, regardless, even if they, nothing comes of the, the hydrogen uh, exploration that some of these companies might be doing that got them into it, it's still gonna be a tremendous value for these organizations that have the privilege of going through the program. So it's just really exciting. And so I really appreciate you sharing it and uh, for everything that you're doing, Mount Royal's doing, Edmonton Global's doing, and, and you know the rest of the partners that you've mentioned.
1: Well, and thank
0: you for the opportunity. I, I um,
1: as you can tell, I get excited about this, and I'm really happy yeah. that I had the privilege and opportunity to chat about with about this yeah. with you.
0: Awesome! And for those of you who are listening today, if you want to check out some archives, we talk a little bit about you know some of the economic development that's happening around this region, uh, some of the innovative things that are going on but we also talk a lot about entrepreneurship to entrepreneurs get their stories as well and so there's a lot of really great content in those archives so head over to amplifyyourbusiness.ca and of course listen to us on your favorite podcasting platform just search amplify your business and you're going to be able to find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts until next time everybody have an innovative and prosperous day thank you so much